Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for Easter Sunday, April 17th, 2022. Join in our call to worship. We rejoice in this day. The earth leads us in a chorus of gratitude. The gates of righteousness open and we join the crowd singing, Alleluia! Christ is alive! Christ is alive indeed! Death has not had the final word. Strength takes the form of life restored. Victory is revealed in an empty tomb. God's love is everlasting. God's right hand extends to us in welcome. We come to worship and rejoice in God who gives us life. Soul of blue. 
God of resurrection life, we join with creation in gratitude for your love. Easter lilies look like miniature trumpets joining us in celebration that Christ our Lord has risen this day. Our cries of Alleluia are a recognition that you lead us from death to life. Fill our hearts and lives with your joy as we offer our songs and prayers to you in worship this day. Amen. Let us pray. God of the garden, God of new life, God of the here and now, where do we begin? Our hearts are full to the brim with gratitude, hope, fear, doubt, dreams, and belief. As a result, our prayers can often feel chaotic at best, bouncing around to each name and need that comes to mind. Settle us. Excavate us. Summon out what we shall be. Lift our prayers from the rubble of our distracted minds and hold us close. God, there are some things we would like to let go of, things we'd like to bury. 
things that we do not want to bring with us into this new day. In particular, we'd like to let go of our stress and fatigue. We'd like to let go of our own self-criticism and low self-esteem. We'd like to let go of the fear to put ourselves out there and the worry that we might not have enough or be enough. These things are always easier said than done, God, which is why we need you. At the same time, there are things we'd like to hold close, things that draw us closer to that expansive life you dream for us, things we are running toward. In particular, we want to move closer to balance and to meaningful relationships, to health of mind, body, and spirit, to justice that sets our hearts on fire, and to your word lived out in our daily lives. Help us. Guide the way. Meet us in the garden. Roll back the stones that stop us. Give us the energy to run toward you. Gather us up into your expansive love. Until the promised day when swords are beaten into plowshares and the prayers of the people are only prayers of joy, we ask that you pour out your spirit on this bread and cup so that we might catch a glimpse of you here at this table. Gather us up into your expansive love. Until that promised day, we continue to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our Easter scripture is Luke 24, 1-12. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified, and on the third day rise again? Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. Our sermon today is based on Catherine A. Caimano's Christianity in Six Words, 
originally preached on April 4, 2010, at St. John's Episcopal Church in Wichita, Kansas. There is a wonderful website put together by an online magazine called Smith that is a collection of six-word memoirs, people both famous and ordinary, trying to distill their lives down to six words about what is most important or distinguished or interesting about them. Everyone is invited to participate, and there is an ongoing gallery of the most recent offerings. The site has also spawned several books, which collect the best of the stories. The first was called Not Quite What I Was Planning. I find it fascinating both how popular the site is and also what a challenge it is to try to fit something about our essence into such a narrow form. Some six-word stories are poignant. I still make coffee for two, writes someone recovering from a breakup. Some are clever. Well, I thought it was funny, is the offering of comedian Stephen Colbert. Some are tragic. The inspiration for the project was an old tale about Ernest Hemingway, who, challenged to write a story in six words, is said to have come up with this, For sale, baby shoes, never worn. And this made me think that for all the joy and fanfare for, of Easter, for all the complexity and mystery of our whole religious life together, and for all the billions and billions of words we use to try to explain it all, that Christianity itself has a six-word autobiography, and it is this, Jesus is risen from the dead. There are 775,000 words, more or less, in the Bible, and not one of them makes sense without these six words. There are roughly two billion Christians in the world, and not one of us has a thing to say without these six words. These are the words that the breathless women carried from the empty tomb back to the other disciples. These are the words that have been passed from person to person, from community to community every day since then, in secret, in triumph, in darkness, in celebration. It is these six words that have taken us from scattered, broken people who are lost to the largest religion in the world. It is these six words that have found countless individuals whose lives were already dead, broken by pain and suffering, by sin and darkness, and given them new life. These are the words that are whispered at bedsides and shouted from rooftops and shared at dinner tables in workplaces and in neighborhoods. These are the words that have been forbidden by governments, both ancient and modern, and yet somehow they have still been spoken, still been shared. Jesus is risen from the dead. These are the words that the martyrs sang as they were being burned at the stake, fed to the lions. These are the words that Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the German martyr who opposed the Nazis and was forced into seclusion, taught his students in the secret seminary he managed to hold. 
These are the words that Oscar Romero was speaking as he was gunned down while celebrating the Eucharist in El Salvador. These are the words that Martin Luther King Jr. held fast to as he opposed the violent racism of our culture. The words that inspired Desmond Tutu's work in South Africa. These are even the words that Mother Teresa admitted had lost meaning for her at the end of her ministry, and yet she so believed in their meaning for the world that she did not abandon her work with the poor. Jesus is risen from the dead. Are these words true? If they are not, Paul says to the Corinthians, we are of all people most to be pitied. If they are not, then millions, maybe billions of people, continue to live in the tombs of whatever darkness and despair overshadows them. If they are not, then we are doomed to very short and pointless lives and to be defeated by the suffering that we continue to see all around us, to be defeated by death itself. But this is not our story, and not just because I say so or the Church says so. Of course, we hear all the time that Jesus' resurrection cannot be proven because nobody saw it, that it cannot be true because people still suffer, they still die, that we cannot believe it because it seems so utterly unbelievable, to which we say, Jesus is risen from the dead. How many lives have been transformed, starting with Mary Magdalene and her companions, falling to the ground in utter shock upon hearing these six words? How could we possibly count the ways that billions of hearts have been strangely warmed, in the words of John Wesley, upon the understanding of these six words? What could we possibly use to measure the impact that these six words have had upon the world, the ways in which forgiveness, joy, reconciliation, self-giving love, and charity have wrought miracles and abundance on the face of this earth in the time since we have first heard that Jesus is risen from the dead? Is it true? Listen to the stories. C.S. Lewis once said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. This is the story of our lives, the story of the life of the world, the story of life itself. It is the story of how life is stronger than death, how God's love for us is stronger than death. It is, in the end, the only story that there is. And so, in Easter, we hear these six words again, Jesus is risen from the dead. How will these words change your story? Where in the essence of who you are do you hear the call to new life, to come out of the tomb you've been sealed in, the tomb of fear or the tomb of hopelessness or the tomb of dreams that have been lost or delayed? Where are you looking for the living among the dead? 
How will you receive this news that has been handed from life to life, from heart to heart, from age to age, that is now handed again to you? And how will these words change the world? What does our story still have to say to a world at war, a culture at odds, a people in pain? How will we be sure that they will hear our story of hope? Every day we write our story again, and we say that it is no less true today than it was on the first day. It is no less miraculous today than it was on the first day, no less shocking, no less joyful, no less important, no less life-changing and meaningful. Jesus is risen from the dead. Go and tell the others what you've heard. Let us pray. O God of Easter, God of the good news, we thank you for these six words, Jesus is risen from the dead. Let us live with this reality in our hearts and in our lives. Hallelujah. Amen. Receive the benediction. As you leave this place, may you be awestruck by the beauty of this world. May you laugh and may it be contagious. May you overflow with love for those around you. May you be effusive with hope and quick to point out joy. 
and in all of your living and breathing and being, may you find yourself full to the brim with God's Holy Spirit, and may it change your life. In the name of the lover, the beloved, and love itself, go in peace, full to the brim. Amen.